love what God's doing here. And I do have a word to share. And before I do jump into it, um, I brought my, my bodyguard with me. Just kidding. It's my teenage son. And uh, Judah, it's his first ministry trip with me. And so just wave hi, son, to everybody. Yeah, he's here. Yo, yo, yo. He just turned 13. And so he gets to hang out with dad and, and do all that fun stuff. If you got a word for him, feel free to give it to him, okay? Just say, listen to your dad. Just joking. All right. <laughs> just messing with you. But I do have a word to share this morning. And this word really was birthed out of um, what we all went through over the last couple of years. The world shutting down and the pandemic and everyone just kind of dealing in their own way with what took place. And, and I just was really seeking God. And, and I want to share today uh, particularly a person in the Bible that I have to set it up right because once I say the name, we all have a kind of, if you're around church, we have kind of a predisposition of, of what I'm going to talk about. And I'm going to talk about a person who, when they gave up, God wouldn't give up on them. About a person who, even when they weren't good, God was still good. Come on, somebody. I'm going to talk about a guy in the Bible by the name of Jonah. Okay, see, oh, I know what he's talking about. No, just, just, just track with me, okay. It, it's, I want to share, maybe shed light in, in a kind of it's just a way that I think will help us to understand what I believe God wants to do through us and in us in these, in these days and in these times, to do great exploits, Church 1132, you know. And so, and so I want to talk about a guy named Jonah. And so if you got your Bibles, open your Bibles. We're going to go to Jonah chapter 1. We're going to exegete the Scripture. We're going to read a few Scriptures here. I'm reading the New Living Translation, dynamic equivalence. If you're like, what's that? Get to Bible college. Y'all got a great Bible college here. Come on now. And so, but, but I'm going to talk about Jonah. We're going to look at this verse by verse, and we're going to look at how God was speaking to him and how I believe God is going to speak to us in this day and in this age. So Jonah chapter 1, we're going to read verse 1 through verse number 3. And, uh, and then we'll jump down and sniper a few verses here. And then, we'll get, and, then we, and then I'll get to work. All right, come on somebody. Jonah chapter 1, I got some fresh bread for you. I've been cooking it up. I've been stirring it up. Y aquí está listo la palabra. Y si me pega en español, nunca sabes. Translation, God's good. Okay, Jonah chapter 1, verse 1 through 3. Watch how the Bible reads. It says, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, the son of Amittai. So God gave him this message. Verse 2, he says, Get up and go to the great city of Nineveh and announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. Verse 3, watch this, pay very careful attention. It says, But Jonah got up and went in the, the what? Opposite direction. Have you ever met somebody that you ask them to do something, but they do the exact opposite? Okay, don't point. It's rude in church to do that, okay? You do the exact opposite. He went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. That's the most hilarious verse in the Bible. Like trying to get away from God is like trying to run from oxygen. He's everywhere. He ran to get away from the Lord, the Bible says, and he went down to the port of Joppa where he coincidentally found a ship that was leaving for Tarsus. Why is this important? Because Tarsus was as far east as Nineveh was west. So he was like, God told him, go right. He went left. Okay? Now, next verse says, he bought a ticket, went on, to, went on board, hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. Now, a lot takes place. We'll get, we'll get down and we'll talk about it. But some of you that know, of course, he's on the boat, right? The boat, he jumps and a great fish brings him back to Nineveh. But then here, Jonah chapter 3 is what I want to share with you today. Jonah chapter 3, verse 1, God brings him back to Nineveh after just this, this whole experience. And in verse 1, the Bible says this, but the, then the Lord spoke to Jonah. What does the Bible say? A a what? A second time. 
And this is what I love about this story. Is even when Jonah wanted to give up, God didn't give up on him. God speaks to him a second time. And I don't you thank God that God gives you a second time and a third time and a fourth time and a fifth time. That even when I'm not good, he's still good. When I throw in the towel, he throws it back to me and says, I won't let you give up because God is a pursuer and he loves you. I want to talk today a message I've entitled Called a Second Time. Often people talk about God's calling in your life. But I want to talk about how God will even call you a second time, a third time, a fourth time. Let's pray and we'll jump into the word. Father, we thank you for your word. And we came here this morning not to hear the word of man, but to hear the word of God. And Father, as we open up your scriptures, the Theopistuestos, the, the breath of God. Lord, let your scriptures breathe on us, Lord. Let it speak to us. Your word created, it formed the world. And God, let it form our world, our inner world. God, speak to us, grow us challenge us. In fact, God, let your word confront us so that we can become the men and women you've called us to be. In Jesus' name we pray. Someone say amen. amen. Give God a clap and just tell the person you came with, tell the person you came with, said God is going to call you even a second time. Tell them that, even a second time. <laughs> well, let me start right here. This kind of, this all kind of tie together here, but you know, I wear a lot of hats as, as, a, as a dad. I wear a lot of hats as a husband, as just a man. You know, um, you know I, all the hats that I wear, of course, as a husband, as a pastor of a church. I also run my real estate company and, and uh, investments. And I, I have things that I also, you know, do. And, and I wear all kinds of hats. But I say one of the, my favorite hats that I wear is a dad. I love being a dad because I grew up in a fatherless home. Unfortunately, uh, my, my dad succumbed to his drug addiction and my mom, she raised five boys by herself. She gets a trophy in heaven. I mean, that's just, yeah, I'm like, mom, you just, sorry. I was the most well-behaved and all my other brothers. Now I'm just joking. Come on. Can't lie in church. But, you know, <laughs> but, but my mom, five boys, we grew up on Section 8 housing. I mean, we lived in a rough part of East L.A. And, and, um, and you know, I'm like, we're poor. I mean, we're so poor. We go to KFC to lick other people's fingers. I, I know. My wife hates that joke. She's like, that's disgusting. Sorry, I know. So anyway, so, so we are poor. I mean, we are poor. I'm talking like Snikes. I'm talking like, like yeah, see, some of you are too bougie. You're too bougie. Like, like you know, if I, if I, I wanted, we didn't have Frosted Flakes. We had to put sugar in the regular Corn Flakes. And then, see, I don't even know. No, 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 no. Some of you are struggling because you don't have an iPhone 13. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I know life's tough. So anyway, I mean, we grew up and we're poor, right? And, and, so, and so, so growing up, I, I, I didn't have a dad. So now that I have my kids, I, I, I love being a dad. Like, we're going to Disneyland because I want to go. I didn't get to go, so we're going, and you get to come with me now. And so, like, I'm going to buy me a churro, maybe two in each hand. And, and if you want one, I'll get you one. Don't ask me for a bite because I didn't get a churro when I was a kid. And so we're going to have a good time, you know what I'm talking about, and we're going to have a great time. Don't get me wrong. I make them work and bless them. But the fact is, I love being a dad. But here's, here's the thing. Although I love being a dad, here is a harsh reality that is true is and my son's here and he's okay because he knows this already is is I love my kids but ain't nobody can drive me crazy like my kids don't 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 judge me come on oh poor pastor come on parents just say amen if you're with me okay yeah yeah or pray for me if you want okay but but you know nobody on this planet can drive me crazy because my kids like like I tell them to do one thing they do the other thing 
Like I tell you, you know, when they were younger, it's like when you're walking with a cup of water, make sure you put two hands because you're going to spill it. What do they do? They spill it, right? Like, like, like every time I tell them, you know, if you take your, your jacket to school, make sure you put your jacket back into your backpack and bring your jacket home. What do they do? They lose the backpack, right? I'm sorry, they lose the backpack and the jacket. They, they don't know what anything is, you know? <laughs> you know what I'm, like, these kids, I'm like, Lord, what's going on with these kids? And, and, and I, I say this because I have also, I have four, actually four kids, and my son Judas, my oldest, and sometimes I say, man, man, you always pick on your son. What about, you know, you always talk about stories about your son. I say, oh, no, don't worry. My daughter, she's cute, but she's crazy. Like, like she's crazy, too. You know anybody cute and crazy? She just looks for, look forward. Look, don't, don't, don't turn. Don't turn, okay? Okay. And so, so I'm like, oh, no, no. She, she got her things, too. Like, like my daughter, she likes to paint. She's artsy, so it's like she's singing, and, and she likes to paint and all this stuff. And so we buy her this whole easel, this paint, 100, 100 paints, you know what I mean? And, and go ahead, girl, you can paint. But here's the rules. Only paint. On the easel. Are you tracking with me, right? Only right here. Well, guess what she decided to do? She decided to go and get a permanent marker, and I have picture proof of what this cute but crazy little girl decided to do. Put that picture if you can for me. She went ahead and with a permanent marker wrote her name. We have a tagger in that. We have a graffiti artist in the house. Permanent marker. But here's the crazy part. She wrote her brother's name to try to frame him. Hell, you know that's crazy. That, that took some thought. You know what I mean? Like premeditation. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to write his name so he'll get caught. But then my son's like, Dad, you know that wasn't me because I know how to do my J's. And that's a, I know how to write Jesus and Judah, and that J is backwards, and that was not me. And she tried to, and you see the weapon of the crime scene right there. And I'm like, Lord, you can take that picture. I'm like, Lord, these kids, they don't listen. Why don't they listen? What can I do? And God said, you don't listen either. Oh, back on up. Let me back out of that prayer real quick. <laughs> he said, you don't listen either. I tell you to do this, and you don't do it. I tell you to don't do this, and you do it. I tell you don't text that, and you press send. <laughs> Nowadays, it ain't control your tongue. It's hold your thumbs. <laughs> Come on, real people. Yeah. It's, I'm like, oh, it's like that. But this is why I love the story of Jonah. Because Jonah is proof that even when I don't get it right, he still is going to call me and he won't give up on me. Does anybody thank God that God doesn't give up? Oh, see, yeah, see, if you've never been through nothing, then you don't know what I'm talking about. But for the rest of us that know we don't always get it right, come on, just give God a five-second praise break. As Pastor Dustin said, give God a shout because God is still good even when I'm not good. And this is why I love the story of Jonah. Because, see, so often we, we, we think that Jonah is a story of God trying to, like, get Jonah and be mad at him. But, no, it's actually a story of him pursuing Jonah, of him chasing him down because God loves him. And, 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 and we, the story starts like this. And let's go verse by verse here. In verse 1, the Bible says that the Lord gave this message to Jonah in verse 1. You see that there? He gave him this message. In other words, God assigned a word to Jonah. And I just want to tell you this morning is that God has a word or an assignment that he has created you for. And God is going to call, he's, he's going to pursue that in your life, whether, you, listen to me now or listen to me later. He is going to pursue you. He'll, even in places where you don't think God is, God is still going to pursue you into those places. You'll be in that place and be like, they let you in here? <laughs> anyway, uh, and God's like, yeah, I can hear too. You didn't pay the cover charge. He said, I don't need no cover charge. I just create everything. And so, anyway, just stay focused. What's that? Don't worry about it. It's like, it's like people that go to our church. You know, I like you, you know, churches used, didn't used to be this cool, by the way. 
like, you know, when we grew up in church, it wasn't this, like, we, you know what I mean? Now we got, like, these LED and smoke bombs. That ain't the glory of God. That's a smoke. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I remember one person, one person said, Pastor, this church, it feels like a club. I said, well, what do you know what a club looks like? But we don't judge nobody. We don't judge. Everybody's welcome in the house. They <laughs> just like clap back. Anyway, so it's like, so, so say God assigns a word. God assigned a word to Jonah. And I just want to say today is that there is a God assignment on your life. That you were not just saved from something, you were saved for something. You were saved for a purpose, on purpose, to complete something on planet Earth, and it wasn't just to occupy oxygen. Come on, somebody. There is a call of God on your life. God gave this message, and I'm even going to say it like this, that nobody else can fulfill. Nobody else. No one else on this planet can fulfill what God has assigned for you to fulfill. It is why you were created. The two most important dates of your life, the day you were born, the day you find out why. Right? Let me add a third, and born again. Let's just throw that in there, okay? It's my message. I can make a fourth point if I want. Watch this. And four, worship God. Just kidding. So, <laughs> so the point is here is that we have a word assigned to us. Now, I always like to say this, especially in spirit-filled atmospheres where we hear words like, God gave him a word, and, and, you know, and I believe in the prophetic. I love the prophetic. The prophetic is powerful. But sometimes we think, well, I never got a word, Pastor Josiah. You know, like, like I, w I went to that one service, and that guy was praying for people. You, in the back. And I even wore a bright yellow shirt, said, pick me, and they still didn't give me a word. And so I've never had a word spoken to me. Well, let me just remind you is that you have the greatest word that was ever given, and it didn't come from the hand of a man, but the Bible says that the word became flesh and dwelt among us and if you have Jesus you got a word and that word lives on the inside and it's trying to produce in you to become like Christ someone say I got a word, got a word. turn to the person you came with say then you got a word his name's Jesus and he's speaking to you on the inside I know God speaks to you I know God speaks to you it's that Holy Spirit it's that word so God gives him this word but here is where it gets fun and interesting is that nowhere in the text do I read that Jonah actually asked for this word. <laughs> Jonah was never like, Lord, speak, thy servant is listening. <laughs> no, Jonah like that morning got up, made his cup of coffee, took the kids to school, got to the office, made a couple sales calls, had to get on one of the employees who was late. You're like, where's that in the text? I'm just, I'm just you know, applying. You follow me? He's just living his life. And God gives him this assignment even while he doesn't ask for it. Have you figured out yet that God will just speak to you even while you're not even asking him to? Come on, somebody. No, you know, you're like, I ain't asking for that. God's like, I know, because your life ain't yours. You know, as preachers, we like to say our sayings. Well, here's one for you. If you want to tell God a joke, tell him your plans. He'll laugh. <laughs> He's been going, <laughs> she still thinks her life is hers. She thinks it's her life. You know, we say, Lord, I give you my life. Then when God asks us something, it's like, wait a minute, let me check my schedule. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, and listen, I'm not saying don't make plans. Go ahead and make your plans, but always make sure they're in pencil. Always make sure. Because if you put them in pen, then who's really Lord? Always make sure they're in pencil because the Bible says that a man, or we're talking about man, it doesn't mean man, it means, man, it means mankind. A man plans his ways, but the Lord's purpose prevails. Somebody clap for God's purpose. Thank you, Lord, that your purpose is going to prevail. God gave him a word. 
You have a word. You have a God assignment on your life that he's assigned to you. And it will oftentimes, watch me now, feel like an interruption. That's how God speaks. He interrupts you. And he'll interrupt your regularly scheduled life to call you, to speak to you. And he'll interrupt it. That, that's, that's really how your whole relationship with God starts. I mean, like, for example, when we got saved, when you gave your life to Jesus, I don't think you, like, one day, maybe you did, but very few people, I don't think you said, you know what, this Sunday I'm going to get saved. Yeah, I'm just going to go to church. I'm going to get saved this Sunday. Uh, usually the way the story goes is we're fighting God, we're running from God, and then God gets a hold of us. Or we finally surrender to God and say, Lord, that's it. I'm tired of doing it my way. I want to do it your way. And we surrender to who God is. We come to realization of our, our, our humanity, our sinfulness that we surrendered to him. And that's what it was for my life. My life, when God, called, when God saved me, God called me, it was a complete, like, out of nowhere. Like, I, I'll never forget when I got invited to church. You gotta hear this, it's going somewhere, okay? She's like, is there a point to this message? I tr trust me, there's a point to this message. But when I got invited to church, I, 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 this girl called me, she's like, you gotta come to church. And I'm like, oh, I can't go to church because the problem is Sunday always comes after Saturday. <laughs> you know, it's kind of tough, right? And so I'm like, I'm not going to church. And I'm like, no, you know, I'm not doing it. And then the head pastor, a friend, called, hey, you gotta come to church. I'm like, when we partied a couple weeks ago? She's like, yeah, but you know what? I don't do that anymore. No you gotta come to church. I'm like, no, I'm not going to church because tonight. And she's like, okay, well, be careful. And I guess that was purse. I mean, be careful. You know, and so it's, and then, and then what happens is the mom of the first girl called me and she's like, mijo, because in, in Espanol we call it mijo. It's, it's an endearing, like, like son, you know, his son. Uh, uh, she says, mijo, um, we're gonna pick you for church in 15 minutes. Click, hung the phone up on me. I'm telling you the God honest truth. Like straight up, just click. My brother Josh is in the room, and I'm like, bro, this crazy lady says she's going to pick me up in 15 minutes for church. What should I do? He's like, well, bro, you better get dressed. I'm like, dude, help me out. Be like, he's not here. He's busy. He went out there. You know. And so sure enough, 15 minutes later, get a horn. Eh, eh. I'm on my way to church, and I'm mad. I get to church. I'm mad. I don't want to be there. I'm like, why am I here at church? I'm supposed to be at hanging out with my friends. Maybe how some of you feel right now, but I'm not judging. Right? I don't want to be here. And, and so I'm mad. And I remember I sat way at the back because I had never been to a Christian church. And so my, my whole concept of church was stand up, sit down, stand up, sit down, and go home. And so I came, and they're clapping, and they're like shouting, and the drums are drumming, and the ushers are ushing, and the singers are singing and I'm like if they pull out snakes I'm leaving you know what I'm saying like I'm like what is up with this place like I don't know so I sat way at the back my East LA South knows the dude but way at the back and I go if anything goes down I just slip right out and so the preacher starts preaching and I never paid attention you know maybe I'll some of you don't pay attention but, but the preacher's preaching and I go well, you know what I, I've never heard it like this and so the guy's talking about alabaster box marrying the alabaster box and I still remember what I felt because I was waiting I was like that's pretty good because every head bow every eye closed so I go bow my head and it's like if anybody needs prayer and, you know, you need Jesus in your heart and, you know, you want the forgiveness of sins and God to help you, you know, he says, raise your hand and I'll pray with you. I'm like, you know what, preacher, pray for me. I'm up to no good. I look back and say, Mary, I can still make that party tonight. Don't judge me. And so and then he says, if you lifted your hand, I want you to come to the front. I'm like, bro, you didn't say that part, bro. You just said lift your hand. I've been tricking people ever since. No, I'm just joking. And so I'm like, bro, you didn't say that part. But anyway, I get up, and I was actually going to walk out of the service. I'm like, I ain't doing all that. Like, that's too far. I mean, I just, I was, lifting my hand was a whole lot. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm about to walk out, and I just kind of stood at the door. And it was kind of like, get out, go to the front. You know, little devil, little angel, go out. And I'm like, you know, and here was my salvation thought. I'm telling you the real talk, okay? This is real. I, I, I only know how to be one way, real, because think what think will sent you free, okay? I was like, you know what? I've done crazier things before, you know? And I just think sometimes Christian, we, over, we just get way in our head. You know, let me pray about it. You didn't pray about going to Vegas that one time. 
But all of a sudden, to do something for God, let me pray about it. Stop it. I'm working on this message called Dumb Prayers. I don't know if I'm going to preach it, but it's like, should I witness to the, my neighbor? Let me pray. Dumb prayer. Just witness. Should I serve? Dumb prayer, you know. Just serve. Should I get baptized? Lord, speak to me, Lord. It's like, you just jumped in the pool when you were, let's go in the pool. All right, let's do it. And like, but now let me pray. Dumb prayer. I'm working on, one day I might preach it. I kind of already did. But anyway, so uh, I would never preach a sermon called dumb prayer. But anyway, so, 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 so it's like, just, just obey God. So I go, I obey God. I get saved. I go back. Back that night, my life is forever changed. And you might say, well, why'd you tell me that whole story? Because sometimes when you obey God, you don't know what's on the other side. That first, that girl who called me to invite me to church, her name was Marie Viacanya. She later became Marie Silva. That's the girl I'm buried. Oh, y'all don't even know. That, that lady that said, I'll pick you up for church in 15 minutes, that would become my spiritual mama. And the pastor who preached, that would be my pastor who would ordain me. And I would be doing what I'm doing today would because the call of God came on my life. And what I'm trying to tell you today is one interruption. And obeying God can change your destiny for the rest of your life. That's what I'm trying. I got, don't say, well, do I get a wife I obey God? That's not what I said. What I'm just trying to tell you is we never know what's on the other side of our obedience. It just looks like an interruption. So God calls Jonah. And here's your first point. i got three points today. Uh, there is a point to this message. Here's the first point. Write this down. If you're, not, if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down for your neighbor. And so here's number one. Write this down. Is response is everything when God calls you. It's everything. Response is everything. How we respond is what matters. Let me put it to you in preacher terms. A prophetic word always requires a prophetic response. The prophetic is not automatic. Well, God spoke to me, so I guess it's just going to happen. No, no, no. There must be a corresponding obedience behind that. So God speaks to Jonah, and he calls him to the great city of Nineveh. And, and let, let, let's, let's just read the text. Go to verse number 2 for me if you can. Uh, team, will preach from the, from the screens. I can go a lot faster here. Verse 2. The Bible says that he, he went down. I'm sorry. Go back to uh, verse 2. That's verse 3. Uh, the previous verse. Uh, it's okay. I'll, go, I'll say But Jonah got up. Oh, there's right there. Yeah. But Jonah got up, right? And what did he do? He went in the opposite. So, so watch this. Jonah never said no. Jonah was a good church person. God speaks to him, and Jonah was like, mmm, so good. Whew, powerful. My God. It was so good that Jonah wrote it in his journal called the book of Jonah. <laughs> he never said no. He just said not yet. Delayed obedience is still disobedience. He wrote it down. He gets up, meaning he was sitting. Got up. He was sitting in a church service, sitting in a message, sitting on a Sunday. Got up and went in the... We're just having Bible study. Help me out. We're just having Bible study. And he went in the opposite, which means... That the most important response is not what we say, but where we step after we hear what God speaks. The most important part of this service is not what we hear, 
but it's what we will respond after the service says. See you next week. Someone say step speak. Say it again. Say step speak. Step speak. God looks at our obedience by the steps we take that are response to him. Our steps speak not only of our devotion and our worship and obedience, but I'll tell you what else. Your steps speak. They speak to the ground you are taking for the glory of God. So he steps in the opposite direction, and the Bible says he goes down to the port of Joppa. Uh, I, I, this is how I think. Just bear with me, okay? It, it, this just helps me, but I always like to bring little props, little illustrations. It's just kind of, again, I was a kid's church teacher for like two years, and so I just, I, I, I always, I do this when I, when I minister, but it doesn't help you. Just, so you can bring, bring that out if you can for me. I brought a little boat here. Yeah, yeah. I brought, I, I brought a little boat today. And, so, and so, he, so the Bible says that Jonah goes down to the port of Joppa, right? When he goes down to the port of Joppa, the Bible says he went to try to get away from God, uh, go down to the verse here, and then the Bible says he goes, and the Bible says he found a ship. Say, he found a ship. Just so happened, coincidentally, found a ship that would take him away from God. God said go to Nineveh, but this one was going away from Nineveh. And you might say, Pastor Josiah, you know, I'm not, I'm not going down to the port of Houston looking for Caribbean cruise. Let me tell you, when you're in a place of transition, the enemy will always provide to you the necessary ship to take you away from God. Well, what type of ship? A relationship. <laughs> the wrong friend. Can I just play with the words a little bit? The wrong friend. Ship. <laughs> the wrong business partner. The wrong mentor. Ship. That's why when you're at a place when God's calling you, you got to be careful which ships you get into. Because they can sail you away from your calling. You got to look at it. And so it's like, you know, all of a sudden you're like, you know, it's what a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. What a coincidence. I've been, you know, I've been thinking about so-and-so, and even though they were, I, God told me not to hook up with them, and now all of a sudden they DM you. And you go, this must be God, God, God. <laughs> not God. You know? Maybe you're going through a rough patch in your marriage, and you happen to reconnect with an old flame on Facebook. They got quiet in this Christian church. Come on, somebody. Oh, what a, this must be God. Uh, it's not coincidence. He'll always provide you the wrong ship. That's why you got to be careful when you're in a place of transition, at a place of which college should I go to, which job should I take, which route, where should I live, what should I do. You got to understand what's the call of God on your life. Because it has to match with the destiny. When he should have took a ship to Nineveh, he took a ship to Tarshish. Which relationship? But God will provide you the right ship. Well, what are those? He'll provide you the right discipleship. He'll provide you the right church membership. He'll provide you the right pastoral ship. He'll provide you the right atmosphere of worship, the right place of fellowship. You got to be careful. The ships that will take you where God has called you to get to. Well, pastor, how do I determine if it's the right ship or the wrong ship? It's very simple. If you're looking at a decision to make in your life, it's very simple. It's, it's, it's an, as, 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 as fundamental as it can be. Is this, will the ship take you closer to God or further from God? God will never bless you 
with something that will take you from him. I would never bless my son with something that would take him further from me. Here, let me give you this because I don't ever want to see. No, I'm going to bless him when things are getting closer to me. So if that thing is going to take you further from God, then it's not from God. Can I, can I be so dogmatic to say that? That if it's going to take you further from God, then it ain't from God. Because God's going to bless you closer. But what does Jonah do? Jonah gets in the ship, which is my second point. Write this down. Every decision has a price to pay. I'm almost done. We're landing the plane here. Put your trade tables up. Your seat in the right position. Come to landing. Church hack. Whenever you see the piano player come, he's almost done. Okay. All right. <laughs> okay. He's, he's almost finished, honey. I saw the piano player. He's almost finished. Okay. <laughs> I like to have fun in church. I always say, if you ain't having fun, you ain't doing it right, okay? There's no way unless somebody have more fun in sin than I'm going to have saved. Come on, somebody. Clap because God's good. Shout amen. I mean, we bringing out rafts and everything. Let's go. He's in the ship. And, and there's a price to pay because this ship takes him pretty far from where God called him to be. He didn't slip into it. He stepped into it. That's why we got to get away from these words, the devil did it. That won't the devil. You didn't sail, you stepped into it. You didn't slip, you dived. Come on, somebody. He jumps in the ship. And it's good for a minute. I mean, for a good minute, it was like, woo! I mean, this was the cruise of cruises. The DJ was DJing. I mean, they were having fun. It was the booze cruise. Come on, somebody. I mean, <laughs> And uh, I didn't look, I'm looking at the ceiling, but why do you look at me? I'm just looking at the ceiling, okay? Because sin is fun for a while. If it wasn't, we wouldn't do it. Is that too real? Come on, talk to me. Oh, it's fun for a little bit. For a little bit, you're like, this is awesome. Like, you know, why do I even try doing God's stuff? I'm having it. I'm free. But then the ship starts rocking. Then the thing starts breaking down. And now the Bible says, I'm just going to sum it, I promise you, it's in the Bible, you can check my word, okay? It, it, it starts breaking down. And the Bible says that now the storm comes and the Lord hurls a storm and, and now things are rocking. It used to be fun. Now, now the relationship got rocky because it's not founded on God. Now the partnership got rocky because it wasn't founded in obedience. Now, now that mentorship got rocky because it wasn't founded when the calling that God has. And I'm telling you, some of you, the things are rocky, and you think, why is it rocky? Well, maybe because it didn't start the way God does that mean? Does that mean I won't go through hard times on serving God? No, you will. But let me tell you something. When you go through it with God, I'd rather go, I always say it like this. There's always things to manage. Like, for example, my background is finance. I always tell people, you either manage your finances or you'll manage a crisis. Either way, you're going to manage something. So you either manage your calling or you're going to manage disobedience. I'd rather manage my calling because it's actually taking me somewhere. Come on, somebody clap because I know that I'm going to put in obedience where God's going to take us. So he said, and now it's rocky. And, 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 and then uh, Jonah says, guys, it's me. Throw me off. And they're like, no, bro, you're our bro, man. We're not going to throw you off. The Bible says that they actually tried rowing harder. And this is a picture where people tried thinking that working harder at the wrong thing is going to make it right. It's not about effort. It's about efficiency. Your effort, your strength will never get you out of your dilemma. So then Jonah says, throw me off. They're like, you know what? We're going to throw you off. And so they're like, you're right. They didn't argue with them. So they said, we're going to throw him. On the count three, ready? One. They threw him at two. 
Jonah gets thrown off the boat. All this to say this. And when he's going down, he, he sees a big old fish come out of the water. And now he's going to get eaten by a fish. He's like, God, you must eat me, right? This was actually a form of suicide. Because I'm going to get heavy on you. When Jonah jumped, he did not know there would be a great fish there. He was actually saying, I am so far from where God called me. There ain't no way I could ever get back there. So just throw me off, and I'll end it right here. And he jumped. And when the great fish came and swallowed him, what is so powerful is he's in that great fish for three days. I was three days and three nights, which would be on the fourth day. He did not know where it was taking him. He didn't know if he was going to just digest him or if it was going to take him all the way even further. All he knew was, was on that fourth day, it actually spit him out onto the beach of Nineveh. And I'm going to tell you, you may not know where life has taken you, but it's taking you to this moment. And I believe that God has brought you into this room. And it wasn't the great fish wasn't about judgment it was about grace and so often we heard the fish ate him because God was mad at him no the fish swallowed him because God wanted to bring him back to the place he was always called to be and I'm trying to tell somebody within the sound of my voice is that all of life has brought you to a moment like this why because God says I've called you I love you I pursued you and I won't let you give up and I will bring some preacher from Orange County to tell you how much I love you and what's that great fish it's called church 1132 and it swallowed you with the love of God it swallowed you with the backpack outreach and it's bringing you back to him God won't let you give up because he loves you that much